Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, hour one. Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. Delighted to have you with me across the nation. The phone number 877-973-7425. If you want on the program, I guess I should open the phone lines. Uh, We got, well, to talk about non-political stuff that is actually pretty political. And it's somewhat infuriating to me what's going on. Um, There's a big story today. The big story in all of the major news outlets of America is that reading and math scores plummeted during the pandemic. Fourth grade scores for worst performers could take decades to rebound and affect the economy in the future, experts say. Not sure we should believe the experts. We may actually find kids are resilient. Who knows? We may come up with ideas. But the basic story that's out there today is that because of the pandemic, Kids have regressed in math already. The New York Times headline is most instructive. The pandemic erased two decades of progress in math and reading. And the subtitle, the results of a national test showed just how devastating the last two years have been for nine-year-old school children, especially the most vulnerable. The problem here is the pandemic did not erase two decades of progress in math and reading. Even the the more passive voice of the Wall Street Journal reading and math scores plummeted during pandemic new data show doesn't quite capture what happened. What really happened is not the pandemic erased two decades of progress in math and reading. Progressives erased two decades of progress in math and reading. Now, I'm sorry, I try to be somewhat analytical here and not go straight into partisan chum in the water throw red meat around, seize on it for Republicans. But somebody's got to be made to account for this, and it's not a single Republican. It's not a red state leader. It is blue states in blue areas of the country, including in red states in in the hardcore blue areas of certain states where the problem exists. This is not a phenomenon that impacts states like Florida or Georgia or Texas or Arizona. This is a problem that impacts California, Oregon, Washington, Illinois, New York, Virginia, before Glenn Youngkin, Washington, D.C. This is a problem that only impacts poor kids in blue states. This does not impact most of red states, except in hardcore progressive enclaves like DeKalb County, Georgia, very progressive area of the state of Georgia where local school officials did their best to stymie education that during the pandemic, uh, furious with Brian Kemp for reopening the state. Stacey Abrams, you will recall, wanted Brian Kemp to shut back down the state and keep schools closed. In states like Virginia, Northern Virginia, a well-to-do part of Northern uh, of Virginia, Northern Virginia, a lot of federal employees, a lot of uh, tech companies, a lot of defense contractors, parents, when the schools shut down because of local school boards, a lot of parents pulled their money together and hired tutors to keep their kids in the education game. The schools were closed. Parents hired tutors. And the local Democrat-controlled boards of education vilified the parents for doing it. They suggested the parents would be contributing to racial inequity by allowing their kids to get educated when uh, non-white kids weren't doing it. In fact, many non-white parents were invited into these programs by the white parents to keep their kids going forward. 
but there were some kids who fell behind overwhelmingly poor. By the way, it really doesn't have a lot to do with kids not being not white. It has a lot to do with kids being poor. It was poor white kids fell behind too. But the media obsesses about intersectional quality, so screw the poor white kids. We've got to worry about the black and Hispanic kids. Poor kids fell behind because of progressives. When parents went to school boards to demand they reopen schools, the school boards treated the parents like terrorists. Parents were attacked by the press. Now the very same press that worked with progressives to attack any parent who wanted school open claims the pandemic, the pandemic erased two decades of progress. The pandemic did no such thing. The progressives did. Progressive teachers unions did. Randy Weidgarten wanting all schools to be shut down did. Progressives in the New York Times did. Progressives in the Atlantic did. Progressives on CNN and MSNBC did. Demanding schools be shut down, demanding little kids wear masks so that they couldn't read facial expressions. The American Academy of Pediatrics for years maintained children's needed to see facial expressions. And then during the pandemic said, no, they don't. Kids are resilient. They'll be fine. I know at least a dozen people right now whose kids are in remedial speech therapy because they had to wear masks for so long. They have a hard time with emotional learning and articulation of words because they couldn't read lips to learn. Turns out it was real and turns out kids maybe aren't quite as resilient as they told us at the time, although I suspect more resilient than they're telling us now. Why? Because their solution is federal bailout, of course. The New York Times story is pretty instructive. In math, black students lost 13 points compared with five points among white students, widening the gap between the two groups. Research has documented the profound effect school closures had on low-income students and on black and Hispanic students, in part because their schools were more likely to continue remote learning for longer periods of time. Why? Why? Because of progressive policies. infuriating. Now listen to how they cover up the discrepancies between blue areas and red areas. This paragraph alone is the most revealing paragraph. In some parts of the country, the worst of the disruptions were short-lived, with schools reopening that fall. But in other areas, particularly in big cities with large populations of low-income students and students of color, Schools remained closed for many months, and some did not fully reopen until last year. Big cities. Who runs most of the big cities in America? That would be Democrats. That would be Democrats. And then listen to this quote. There's a Dr. Ho quoted. The national tests, he said, tell the story of a decade of progress followed by a decade of inequality. Then the shock of the pandemic, it was a one-two punch. It erased the progress. It exacerbated the inequality. Of course. And then, of course, Janice K. Jackson, the Chicago public schools leader, 
now a board member of Chiefs of Change, which represents state education and school districts. The results should be a rallying cry, she says, for getting students back on track. She called for the federal government to step up with big ideas, invoking the Marshall Plan, the American initiative to help rebuild Europe after World War II. This is how dramatic it is to me, she said, adding that politicians, school leaders, teachers, unions, and parents would have to set aside their many disagreements that flare during the pandemic and come together to help students recover. No more of the arguments, the back and forth, the vitriol, the finger pointing. Everyone should be treating this like the crisis that it is. If it's a crisis, let the kids out of the public schools. If it's a crisis, give the parents options to pull their kids out of the failing schools. And they're not going to do that, which tells you they don't really care about the kids. They care about their power. I live in Georgia. It is the Republican Party in Georgia that is punishing the kids with public schools. No Republican in the state of Georgia at a leadership level is willing to push for the education reforms that Jeb Bush did in Florida, that Ron DeSantis is now championing. You know what the Florida Republicans did? Essentially, if you make less than $35,000 a year, I think it's thirty dollars or $35,000 a year, or your parent's in the military, or your parent is a police officer or firefighter full-time, you get to go to any school. You get to go to school, wherever you want to go. If you're poor, you get out of the public schools. So what you get to do. A buddy of mine, who's probably going to listen to the podcast later, sent me all the data on this a while back. It's remarkable what he said, the situation. That uh, the way that you can get your child a K-12 income-based scholarship. Uh, You, let's see, you pay a little bit, depending on your income level. Dependents of members of the armed forces, active or reserve, or dependents of law enforcement qualify, no matter the income level, to be able to get into private schools in Florida. It's remarkable that we haven't pushed this. So if your annual income is $54,360, you get a great deal of benefit for your kids to be able to go to private school in Florida the step-up program in Florida. Why haven't other Republican states ceased on this? You know, it's one of the reasons Florida has become a Republican state. All these Republican states like Georgia, looking at becoming a swing state, it's the Republicans in those states who are screwed up in the head by not pursuing what Florida pursued. You give parents this entitlement, they get their kids out of the failing school systems. Guess what? They don't want to give up that program. Democrats hate that program because Democrats get so much money from public school teachers unions. They don't like the program. They hate the program. They want to kill the program. So the parents vote Republican. You want to fix what went wrong? You give parents the tools to get out of schools that are failing. Republicans in Georgia, Republicans in Texas, this is where the big fight's going to be next. Republicans in Texas, you're insane if you don't do something like what Florida did. You're absolutely insane not to do this. It's not only the right thing to do, it'll help you politically. Here's what's going to happen, though. Look at the student loan bailout. 
people who did the right thing are being punished to help people who didn't do the right thing. The responsible are being punished to help the irresponsible. It's only a matter of time before the homeschool families of this country already vilified by the progressive left. They're bullied into taking a back seat to less educated kids who suffered during the pandemic. It'll be affirmative action for kids who suffered at the hands of progressive policies. That's how they're gonna wanna make it better. It'll just breed and foster resentment over time, but that will be their solution. Affirmative action for kids who are screwed over by progressive policies. The kids who went to private schools or to red state public schools that stayed open, they'll be punished to bail out the kids from blue states because that's the only thing the left is going to offer. Bailouts and affirmative action for kids who are poorly educated because of progressive policies and the rest of you who took the time to get your kids a good education, your kids are going to get screwed over by the establishment, progressive left, by the press, by the Democratic Party, by the government itself because your kids got smart while other kids regressed because progressives, not the pandemic, shut down schools around around the country. In Georgia, Brian Kemp fought even the president of the United States himself, Donald Trump, to reopen the state of Georgia. Do you know how the media covered it? The Atlantic called it an experiment in human sacrifice. Georgia was going to figure out how much cost in lives to reopen the economy. You know what the results are? Georgia's experiment in human sacrifice? The kids came away with better education than kids in New York, California, Illinois, and the like. Parents got their jobs back and their income went up and they're surviving an economic downturn and a recession better than people in blue states. That's what Georgia's experiment in human sacrifice was. They didn't sacrifice humans. They sacrificed progressive ideology and proved that conservative policies worked to reopen the states, get kids back in school, get parents back to jobs, and the economy is roaring. The only people complaining are Stacey Abrams and her ilk who thought it was a bad idea. The people of the state of Georgia are going to send Brian Kemp back to this governor's mansion because of it. The people in Florida, they're going to send Ron DeSantis back to the governor's mansion because he did the same thing. The people in Virginia replaced the Democrats with Republican Glenn Youngkin and gave the Republicans their House of Delegates because the Democrats listened to the teachers' unions and kept the schools shut down. It is mind-numbingly ignorant to me to see Republicans in states like Georgia and Texas and the like refusing to go along with school choice. It is now or never the left progressive policies about the pandemic. The federal government itself failed kids. This is the civil rights issue of our time and Republicans should step up and get on the right side of history. Everybody asked me about bowl and branch sheets. I actually put up a picture the other day. We got some in our house because we order from them. We actually are customers. They're like, oh my gosh, are they really that good? Yes, they get softer every single time you wash them. I mean, they use 100% organic cotton threads. They're super soft. You get such a good sleep. They have just the great weight to them. Like I had a pair of sheets we actually threw away when we replaced them with bowl and branch where is they were just like too light and also not very soft. The bowl and branch, they're perfect. The drape across your body when you sleep, absolutely perfect. Bull and Branch uses the highest quality threads on earth for superior softness, for a better night's sleep. They've got over 10,000 stellar reviews. Their signature sheets come in nine neutral colors in all sizes from twin to California king.
2018, you will feel the difference. And they're 100% free from toxins, no pesticides, no formaldehyde, no harsh chemicals. Get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at BolandBranch.com. That's BolandBranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, Branch.com. The promo code is ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. Hello there, it is Eric Erickson here. Uh, Listen, this is actually kind of important, uh, rather big news here. Um, If you text the word data to 33777, I will send you a link back. You can subscribe to my daily email. You get my morning piece completely free, complimentary, nobody pays for it. But if you want the stack of stuff, all the stuff that I talk about in the show, including the links to all this education data, Uh, You've got to be a paid subscriber. More importantly, we're bringing back the gathering next year. We will bring in the presidential contenders for 2024 and a lot of Republican conservative thought leaders from around the country, uh, people from tech companies who we have concerns with. Get them on stage with me to answer your questions and mine. Uh, And if you are a paid subscriber to that email, you're going to get the first opportunity to get tickets at a substantially discounted rate. So text the word data to 33777. Just so you know, it'll be August 17th to 19th in Atlanta, Georgia next year at the Grand Hyatt in Buckhead. Uh, We're excited to put this conference together. Now, I want to go to the phones real quick. Jerry, you're going to be up first. Welcome, Jerry. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks, Eric. Hey, uh, real quickly, I wanted to piggyback on you. I'm waiting for someone to step up and finally say, you know what? The COVID pandemic was not did not cause all of this what caused everything that we're going through now is our poor pathetic and most often politically motivated response to covid uh it's like when someone says hey i'm in debt i'm in debt i got a problem it's like no you don't have a problem your debt is your symptom of your problem your problem is you don't know how to manage money when is somebody going to stand up and say our response to this was horrible these people need to be held accountable this is going to happen again and just point out the results. It's such an easy, easy argument to have. And, and I don't seem to see anybody being able to do that. And I just want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, you know, look, I, I think that this shift is beginning to take place as Republicans realize uh, they're falling a little behind in uh, some of the polling right now. They're starting to be a little bit concerned. I still think it's somewhat seasonal. But look, YouGov has come out uh, and they're running the battleground poll. And a lot of data that came out before, for example, the student loan bailout suggested it would be popular. It really depends on how you ask the question. So here's how uh, YouGov asked the question. Uh, Do you agree or disagree that student loan debt forgiveness is unfair to Americans who did not attend college? 50% agree, 37% disagree. Do you agree or disagree student loan debt forgiveness is unfair to Americans who already pay their debt? 56% agree, 32% disagree. What's notable is the jump in the uh, agree from those who didn't attend college to those who did and paid their debt. It's pretty significant. Also, I think it is worth noting overall uh, that you've got Republicans and independents Uh, significantly agree that it is unfair to those who didn't attend college uh, and overwhelmingly agree it's unfair to those who paid off their student loan debts. Uh, Democrats are less likely on both of those issues to to be disagreeable. But I, I do find it very interesting that people think it's more unfair to those who already paid off their debts than to those who never went to college. 
there is a level of lack of empathy, I think, that shows up in the polling. That's actually how I interpret this, is fewer and fewer Americans have a skill set to empathize with other people, even if they disagree with them. Um, and we probably need to figure that out and get back on the path of empathy. Now, when we come back, I know others of you have questions on school choice. I want to try to answer them, and we got other stuff we got to talk about, too. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here, the Eric Erickson Show, the phone number 877-973-7425. Let me give you a little update uh, to answer questions from listeners. In Texas, this year, coming legislative session, they're going to make a big fight about school choice. Uh, the governor says he is on board with it. Uh, prominent Republicans in the legislature are on board with it. And it's beginning to spread. Again, for those of you who don't understand, and, and I'm not an expert on the Florida program that Florida uses, but it really is a pretty good model for Republican states if they want to consider it. Uh, Arizona, of course, has gone full school choice very recently. The Florida program, as I understand it, um, gives kids from poor families access through scholarships to uh, private schools of the parents' choice, whether the parents want to send their kid to a religious school or a, a secular private school or even just a charter school, a publicly funded charter school. They get that option. And it's based on income, but if your parents are in the military or law enforcement, first responders, it uh, doesn't matter what their income level is, those kids get uh, to go as well. And the state funds this program and the scholarships for the parents to go. The higher your income is, the more you have to pay out of pocket. The poorer you are, the less to nothing you have to pay out of pocket. Uh, and it has allowed parents to get their kids to good schools in Florida. And we see the test results in Florida speak for themselves. Kids across the board, across racial and e economic impact demographics, all do well in school. Now, there are areas of the state where some kids don't have the benefit due to a lack of school, uh, school options and the like, or a lack of transportation, things like that. Some kids just don't get the opportunity to do it. And you know how the left likes to make the exceptions the rule because there are some kids who can't take advantage of it, therefore no kid should be allowed to take advantage of the program. That's what the left does. The exception in postmodernism becomes the rule. The left is very postmodern, therefore these exceptions of the few kids who can't take advantage of it mean that no kid should be able to take advantage of it. Uh, my understanding is Texas is considering a program very much modeled after Florida's. Jeb Bush did this in Florida, and he suffered very withering assault, uh, even among Republicans in Florida. And he stuck to his guns and was able to get the state reformed. Uh, Jeb Bush was the great education reformer in this country, and his progress in Florida, whether you care for the guy or not, Jeb Bush is responsible for improving the lives of millions of kids nationwide by starting an effective school choice program in Florida that then gave inspiration for other states to do it. Louisiana has school choice. Uh, Arizona has school choice. I think Oklahoma is moving to school choice. Uh, the Two of the big southern states that have not done this are Texas and Georgia. The governor in Georgia, Brian Kemp, has never pushed this issue, and I've been told repeatedly it has a lot to do with Republicans in the state legislature don't want to do it. Uh, many of the Republican leaders in the state legislature in Georgia are married to public school teachers or have public school teachers as kids. 
And they, of course, are opposed to giving up the monopoly of public schools. And so you don't have an incentive in Georgia. There needs to be some pain uh, in primaries for Republicans to be able to pursue this issue. There seems to be a willingness among a growing a uh, portion of those Republicans, however, as they look at what happened in Florida. Remember, uh, Ron DeSantis very, very narrowly won his election against Andrew Gillum. And the exit polling in Florida in 2018, a very rough election, the exit polling showed that it was uh, Hispanic moms and black men who pushed DeSantis over the edge against Andrew Gillum, a black man. Now, at the time, people didn't understand Gillum's drug and, and sexuality issues. Uh, they weren't public. There were some scandals in Tallahassee where he had been mayor. Uh, but it, at the forefront of it, it became about school choice. Andrew Gillum had the backing of teachers unions and promised to essentially gut the uh, school choice program in Florida. And there was a parental revolt. And the Republicans have been a dominant force in politics in Florida because of the school choice program. And Democrats in Florida are so beholden to teachers unions, they can't bring themselves to acknowledge the program is good and works. So they constantly run on killing it. And so they constantly lose. And more and more people in Florida are becoming Republican. It is not a coincidence that states that have school choice tend to be states that lock in Republican reforms over time. Florida being the chief example, the quintessential swing state is no longer a swing state. The state north of Florida, Georgia, has become a swing state, and education is one of the big issues in Georgia. If the Georgia Republicans would lock in school choice and model after Florida's program, they would probably see a dominant position in the state from here on out. What Georgia Republicans do is they hide behind what they call their opportunity scholarship. The opportunity scholarship in Georgia is a credit for credit, uh, tax credit to school credit. You can pay $2,000 into a scholarship program and offset $2,000 in taxes you would otherwise owe to the state. And that $2,000 into the program goes to provide scholarships to private schools for kids who want to go. The problem is it is not as it's not broadly advertised, it's not broadly pushed, it's not as broadly comprehensive as Florida's program. Florida's program is interwoven within the education system of Florida. This program is not. And in Georgia, frankly, you have some hysterics on the right and some uh, anti-immigration hysterics who are convinced twofold. One, that illegal immigrants might be able to take advantage of the program. It's easily fixed in the language of the law, uh, if that's your concern. But also that uh, Stacey Abrams could one day get elected and then re restrict all the Christian private schools in town. Well, you know, the Christian private school very easily can opt out of the program. I don't understand the selfishness of some people who are convinced that their school might be screwed up by the state if they participate in the program. You don't have to participate in the program if that's your concern. But overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly, it's worth noting this program improves the lives of poor kids. Overwhelmingly, it's worth noting that when you pursue programs like Florida has, you move your state further right. Because when kids are given a choice in education and they opt out of a public school system for a private school system, they wind up 
with a better education and they appreciate that school choice gave them the education because they understand how bad public schools can get. This is not to disrespect a lot of the good, hardworking public school teachers out there. But I think we also have to acknowledge the deep flaw in the program that only the well-to-do can go to a private school program. That puts poor kids at a disadvantage. If you really want to improve the lives of the poor and give them a fighting chance to become well-to-do taxpaying citizens, you've got to get them a good education. And the best way to give them a good education is to give them the opportunities to go where they can get a good education. And when you force them based on their zip code into a public school that is not delivering the education they need, you provide no escape. Will every kid get the escape? No. We should be real honest with some hard truths here. There are some kids in some families where the parents simply don't care. There are kids in families that simply can't take advantage of the program because dad's not there and mom is working so many jobs, she can't shuttle the kids into a car and get them to a private school. So they get picked up on the bus before the sun comes up, oftentimes hungry, and they go to the school that serves as a de facto parent. And it's a sad situation and we should provide a way out for those kids if we can. But there are also a lot of kids who are gonna be in that school who could have the way out. And the problem here is that so many people on the left look at this situation and say those kids don't deserve a way out because it's unfair to the other kids. This is a very good way to learn a very real life lesson. Life is not fair. We cannot provide all things to all people at all times of the same quality. Uh, that's the ideal of communism and communism has never delivered on it. We're not gonna deliver on it. We might as well allow the kids who can get a better education to go get that better education. It is a damnable indictment on the state of the Republican Party in places like Texas and Georgia that they have not pursued this so far. At least the Texas Republicans have come around to it. Republicans in Georgia should be beating on the doors of their Republican legislators demanding a Florida-style education reform program in the state of Georgia. The governor of the state of Georgia, the moment he gets through his reelection process, should make this his defining piece of his legislative career. He can retire as a two-term governor of the state of Georgia, doing more to help kids in the state of Georgia since Zell Miller's HOPE program by championing school choice in the state of Georgia, modeled on Jeb Bush's reforms in, in Florida, and in the process, turn the state permanently to the GOP. He should do it. Every Republican governor across the nation should when they have Republican legislatures and particularly when they have conservative Supreme Courts in their states who won't throw out the program. It makes a lot of sense. More importantly, you really are helping improve the lives of the children in your state and bettering your states overall by providing a healthy, educated workforce for future generations. The fact that Republicans around the country haven't figured this out shows you there are two parties in Washington and the states, and one of them inevitably is always stupid, and that just tends to be the Republican Party. They need to get with the program now. Let's go back to the phones. Tom, you're going to be up next. Tom, welcome to, whoa, Tom, got a siren in the background there. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're done. It's some kind of emergency. <laughs> welcome. 
thank you, Eric. Uh, look, I, I just wanted, because you're on the education thing, I just wanted to share an anecdotal observation that I had decades ago. And I think it just has carried forward. Um, I think the basis of it is the ease with which uh, education was financed through the 70s, 80s, well, maybe 80s, 90s, and, and forward. I was a, uh, I was, just some context. Uh, I was raised upstate New York, uh, spent some time, my, my parents were Kennedy Democrats. Uh, I spent some time in Colorado, and then I raised my family and children in the suburbs of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So I know, I know Democrats inside and out. And in the 80s and 90s, I had my own company. Uh, I was an executive recruiter or headhunter. And obviously, we look at people's qualifications. One thing that I, I observed, and it was, it was kind of through time, uh, a trajectory, downward trajectory of the quality of an MBA, the person who has one, the quality of the person who had this Bachelor of uh, Arts or Sciences, the quality of the education that they had. And it just seemed to me that it was a, a real dumbing down of those degrees. Oh, yeah. Advanced degree. It, it was it was astounding to me. Um, it, yeah, look, the, the, the value, the, the return value, is not there. It, it's it's not anymore. Particularly when you go outside some of the the, the more rigorous fields of study in, in math, science, and computers. Uh, a lot of schools have done this, particularly these days, because they're catering to a privileged, oftentimes white elite who want the college degree more for networking and job acquisition where it's the piece of paper that matters more than the underlying education. Uh, I really, you know, Rick Perry, when he was governor in Texas, championed a $10,000 a year or a $10,000 degree. And the, the education establishment in Texas fought him tooth and nail on advancing a college degree for $10,000. I think he ultimately won out on the issue uh, and the the state education establishment wanted to de devalue uh, even the quality of that degree, and yet kids were able to get a good education, get their math, science, languages, culture, uh, through English, English literature, and the like, and and go out and have a college degree. And there are so many things Republicans, I think, can and should do to innovate on the education front. It's the civil rights issue of our day. And the Democrats are the ones who cause the problems. They're not going to be able to fix it. Republicans can if they will actually have the stomach to do the right thing. And many of them, frankly, have no inclination of doing the right thing because they too benefit by the status quo. And that's deeply unfortunate. The status quo isn't serving you either in your retirement fund right now, given what's happening with the economy, with inflation right now. If you're thinking you want to use precious metals to help your retirement fund, you may want to reach out to my friends at GoldCo. They'll teach you how to use physical gold and silver to help your retirement, not just to maintain it, but to grow it. You can call them at 855-904-5933. You'll get a free wealth protection kit from them to learn how to use the gold and silver to protect and grow your money. Thousands of retirees are protecting their retirement savings. Many are getting $10,000 or more in free silver for doing it. 
So call my friends at GoldCo. Find out how you qualify for their special offer. They've helped thousands of Americans with their retirement, dealing with inflation, stock market swings. They want to help you. Their number is 855-904-5933, or you can text my name, Eric, to 33777. Text Eric to 33777, and you, too, can get their number texted to you. Now I'll play the outro. Hi there, it is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Let me go back to the phones here. Jessica, you're going to be up next. Welcome. Hi. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, I'm calling. I am in Georgia, um, and I'm a homeschool mom, totally in favor of school choice. Even in this bill that's been in Georgia Congress, I want it passed, and I'm a big fan of it. Um, even though the way it's written, I would not benefit from it. Since my stu- my girls have never been in the school system, we would not receive any of the money. Mm-hmm. But I'm okay with that because I totally, completely agree with you that it's very important for all of our for all of our children. However, this past year we have all been hit with very high property tax increases, and we've all been dealing with that. And in doing so, I've done a lot of research and realized that our school boards are raising our millage rates. And I'm afraid that if this bill went through, then um, there's nothing in it to stop our school boards from seeing this as a loss of revenue and then coming after us for higher property taxes. So how do we get this bill passed without our school boards raising our property taxes for what they perceive as a loss of revenue, even though we know it really isn't. Right. I'm afraid they would see it that way. I I think you can always amend it uh, to put in some caps on how, and there already are some existing caps on how much school boards can raise. Uh, Part of the millage rate issue for a lot of school systems in Georgia is that for a number of years, uh, they they didn't do homeowner value reassessments. So a lot of uh, a lot of school districts around the state of Georgia, not just school districts, counties in general, uh, who for years were using outdated property values, were forced to update their property values. And in areas where the the values declined, they raised the millage rate. And in other areas, it looks like they raised the millage rate, even though they didn't, because you got hit with a big property tax bill because they just increased the value of your home. It is a problem. And I do think you're right that a local school system, when kids start leaving for the the private schools, they're gonna have these massive facilities and they're not gonna wanna wind down and scale back those massive facilities. They're gonna wanna keep them in place. Uh, And so you have a 100,000 square feet uh, facility that now you really only need 50,000 square feet. They're not going to like shutter part of it down and turn the air off. No, they're going to want to maintain it to punish the people who are uh, pushing kids or pulling kids out. I do think you got a point there. We've got to make sure that school systems in the state don't decide to jack up property taxes to punish taxpayers for pulling kids out. And there is a way statutorily for the state government to prohibit them from doing that. And that is something that has to be considered. Um, And also you as a voter can vote out the school board for raising your property taxes. And that's happening more and more around the state. 